play you. One game, one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> For what? Your heart. Good morning, Sweet World! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, April 13th. This is Film Session, and today we're breaking down the romantic drama, Love and Basketball. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, through the power of technology, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. What's up, Tass? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. yo. And the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lee, <sighs> and last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Before we pose to admire our own three point shots, guys, email <laughs> us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. You know we'll be beach-stepping at some point this week, so get those questions in. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at NoDunksInc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash NoDunksInc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And last night, we dropped a 40-minute podcast recapping Sunday's NBA Horse Challenge, which aired on ESPN. That thing was two hours. We somehow talked about it for 40 minutes. <laughs> um, Lee, where the hell were you, though, man? Yeah, no, I had to sit this one out. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I couldn't do the horse. No, I was actually watching uh, the movie that we're about to talk about here. That's where I allocate my Sunday nights. So I'm sorry, uh, NBA horse competition. I was watching a little love and basketball. Okay, well, there'll be no excuse for you to not watch Thursday nights then. Because you're ah. be watching a movie. <laughs> Sucker, oh. you're watching horse. Um, yeah, we are talking about 2000s love and basketball here on Film Session. Written, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. Starring Omar Epps and Sana Lathan, the IMDb synopsis, Monica and Quincy love and play basketball together through many life challenges from childhood to adulthood. So, Lee watching it late at night. We know Trey was watching it after Horse. How was the late night experience for love and basketball? Was it extra sexy at night? Honestly, a little bit too sexy. I was uh, surprised to see Dennis Haysbert in the Loverman role, and I was like, oh, I don't know, this is a little bit too spicy. Good thing Laura already went to bed. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was a romantic, um, sexual type of uh, movie at times there. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a... It's a little bit of a Forrest Gump and Jenny situation, you know, their life starts off, you know, together when they're little kids and then it just yep. sort of continues throughout their life there. Um, so, yeah, but it was, you know, it was fine. It was it was nice romance anyway. I didn't, um, you know, I, I wasn't sort of super aroused or anything like that. By it, but it was, uh, you know, it was fun. It was fun to see a, a, a couple who had stayed together since they were kids and, you know, gotten, gotten through a few uh, obstacles throughout their life. Were you more aroused by the love scenes or the basketball scenes, Lee? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, basketball movies, like, basketball scenes are just kind of pretty predictable. Although, there was one thing that we'll get to later on, I'm sure, that was I've never ever seen before in a basketball movie. But otherwise, basketball scenes tend to be like, you know, they, they tend to have a, a, a moment where they miss a big moment, but then they get a chance at redemption later mm -hmm. in the movie. That tends yeah. to be the way it goes there so um yeah i mean i i think uh, i think i felt some good chemistry between uh, omar and sana there so um yeah you know it was it okay was... well let's uh let's go through this sort of in chronological order we will not tackle every scene and in fact guys if i've missed a scene that you really want to address you know jump in uh stop me this movie is written into 
um, you know, the breaks, the plot points are quarters, which I thought was sort of cool um, over their lifespan. So the first quarter, 1981 is where we start. Uh, we got Young Q, we got Quincy rocking the number 22 Clippers jersey with Macal on the back. Now, I don't know if I was the only one because uh, I know a lot of us hadn't seen this movie or at least the whole thing. I was like immediately on basketball reference going, who the hell was Macal on the San Diego Clippers back in the early 80s? Of course, we learned quickly after that it's, it's Q's dad. Mm-hmm. He was an NBA player. Um, he played for the Bucks as well. <laughs> I like how they threw that in there. And we get the first scene. This is where Monica and Q meet. They they meet up. They play ball. She's a she's a girl. You're not supposed to be able to play ball. Things get a little rough. And uh, I did think that they were pretty good. The kids, the child actors. Did you agree with that, JD? Uh, to as acting or playing basketball? Well, sort of both. <laughs> More acting. I guess. Yeah, I thought I bought it. I was it was uh, you know the little romance gets kicked off there, and it's quite sweet. Sure, I bought it. Yeah, Tass, you agree? Yeah, I thought they were both compelling characters. They they reeled me in pretty pretty early in the movie, and you know the the child actor of Q was, um, you know, he, he obviously had the example of his dad, who was a, a little aggressive with mom and a little bit of a showboater, and so I thought that was uh, a little bit much. I was laid on a little bit thick that a kid could really talk that much junk. <laughs> um, I, I didn't think that he would be able to have that ability, really. But um, at the same time, I love the, the the girl character, the female character, and uh, and how she was a a hard ass herself. I can't believe they didn't write in to that scene. Like he's wearing a Clippers jersey. We learned very quickly she's a Magic Johnson fan, obviously a Lakers fan. Nothing about you know the Battle of L.A. like. Monica bringing up the point that your Clippers suck, you know, and, and the Lakers are the better Well, you team mentioned up. it there, Skeets. 1981, the Clippers weren't in Los Angeles. They yeah, were still San in Diego. San Diego. Yeah, so true, why were true. they living in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. Quite a commute <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be playing in those games. Yeah, it's true. I guess they didn't move to um, L.A., what, a couple of years later, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. I think during um, so, the second quarter of the movie, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, JD, what did you think about that layout? The first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. I, I liked it. Be be, I liked it because I sort of knew where we were going, but then I thought, Ugh, what if it goes to overtime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to actually too, because we were in the third quarter, like 50 minutes into this movie. Right. I'm like, man, this is going to be a long fourth quarter. It's going to be a lot of fouls called, a lot of free throws. Um, yeah, this, this, the final thing from sort of this first quarter scene, we're just setting the mood here, like them becoming sort of friends instantly through basketball. They become an item as kids. They kiss each other, they insult each other, they break up, and they have a fight where they're rolling around on the grass in the span of like 30 seconds. <laughs> Feels like that, it. that happened real quick. And five Ooh. seconds of that was a kiss. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it countdown was, uh, kiss. It was amazing how fast they became an item and uh, then were breaking up and fighting. Uh, you know, we covered, what, 25, 30 years of time in this movie, but there are still moments that, that it's like, whoa, that happened really quickly, despite yeah. the fact that we we're spending so much time getting to know these people, seeing them through their whole lives. But yeah, it's basically uh, Q asks Monica to ride on his bike, and that's the end of it. That's yeah. the end. We're fighting now. We're fighting. We're throwing down. I'm calling you Big Head. One of the most vicious insults you can hurl at another child. That one really hurt. 
Yeah, the, the inspiration for NBA Jam programmers. Uh, <laughs> that one right there. Okay, so yeah, that was uh, that's when they're kids. That's when they're young. And then we get to the second quarter, um, 1988. We flash forward uh, to high school, really. Monica playing high school ball. She's, uh, you know, she's got a temper to her, though, still. She picks up an unsportsmanlike slash technical foul after the big block and uh, talking junk. Um, what do you think of the referee's uh, call there, Lee? Fair or not? <laughs> no, nah, well, you know that taunting is not allowed, but uh, I didn't know if that was a rule back in 1988 at high school level. So I think they might have adopted it then because, you know, at high school you got kids talking, got kids yapping away at each other. So I, I feel like a ref is so quick with a technical. If a, if a high school kid says anything yeah. to a ref, they're ready uh, to give them a tee, and the coaches certainly pull them out to sit, uh, to yeah. sit on the bench. Well, yeah, the co- I like the coach giving him the quick hook for that. But, uh, I mean, you know, you got to talk a little bit of junk, don't you, in high school? I mean, that's the whole thing. But I don't know. I didn't play high school ball over here, so uh, maybe it was different. <laughs> I think we also, that's included because, um, you know, we see the juxtaposition between Monica playing ball and being a ball player and being, you know, loud and getting the technical foul. And then you see Q, he's hooping it up too in high school. By the way, he gets away with a few uncalled travels, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad like you crazy. said something because I thought the same thing. Okay, yeah, there was a couple where I was like, "Come on, call that. That's a that's a palm." Um, but he had a great game: 27 points, 11 assists, still undefeated. But we got that juxtaposition, or the reason I think they included her getting the unsportsmanlike is in that ride home together. You know, she points out, "I'm a female. I get told to calm down and act like a lady, but I'm a ball player." I think that was a part of it. Like why it's of in there. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, but the weird That's part to me part. is they didn't also show like Q sort of doing unsportsmanlike or cocky things. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with that. I think That's, that would have worked a, a little criticism. bit better. But that, that was a criticism, JD. That's a, I, I agree with that. It's fair. It's a fair criticism. Just I would have liked to see the same. Like if you're gonna juxtapose the two. Let's see him getting away with trash talking and yeah. just getting away with more. I mean, as the movie goes on, they they do do a good job of of you know cross cutting between the the women's basketball with the men's basketball. There's that mm-hmm. great sort of montage where it's you know they're in a small gym compared to a, a massive arena, that kind of thing. Like yeah. my kid even took the time to point it out. Like why is why is the women's arena so so much smaller? But yeah, I mean, that's a major theme of this movie. Yeah, but isn't that just, wouldn't that be putting it right on the nose? I mean, we get it. Even from when he was a child, he was the mouthy one, and he was the cocky, arrogant one. And we know that, as as Monica, the character, said, yeah, I can't do anything because I'm supposed to be ladylike. I can't be tough. I can't be hard-ass. I can't speak two words. Isn't it? It's, it's just known. I mean, it's even in this current climate here. You say something at a White House press briefing. If you're a female, you're nasty. Oh, right. you're, right. you're, yeah, you're unladylike. Sure. You can't even ask a freaking question. I mean, that, was, that's, that's, that goes back through the history of time. I don't think mm-hmm. they really have to, uh, they, like Spike Lee really has to indicate that with every, every move on the basketball court. I thought, I thought that was fine. Well, Spike Lee did not direct this film. Well, whatever. He was there. <laughs> um, so then we get Q's, uh, Q's in his bedroom. He hears his parents fighting. And then he heads over um, to Monica's you know, bedroom. Well, what did everybody think of the setup? Was it believable that their windows were about eight feet apart, even though it appears they're living in these beautiful, huge houses <laughs> in California somewhere? I mean, they were damn close. So, yeah, there was a little hill, but they were right there, lined up perfectly. 
because um, there's a lot of back and forth uh, and meeting between the windows. <laughs> that, that part, I get it. They got to do it, and that's where they're always having their little secret conversations and really maybe falling in and out of love, but uh, perfectly, just just too close almost in my opinion. Yeah, and I suppose it was um, interesting that neither of them ever had curtains or blinds. <laughs> they just had their windows open at all times, no matter what, just in case you need to get in touch with somebody, but I don't know. That just uh, feels like a 90s sitcom, having two yeah. windows that like you could reach out and shake hands between. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I I thought that Zeke McCall had a really big house with a spacious lawn, but we're talking about the 1980s NBA. This guy's on the Clippers. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have that kind of money. Maybe yeah. he doesn't have a big uh, yard in between his next door house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very, very close. So then we sort of, uh, or I'm jumping at least, to the final game, high school game for the female Cougars. Um, and we get the rare slow-mo jump ball scene that cuts immediately <laughs> to one minute left in the fourth quarter. I had to like double check and make sure I didn't miss something or like something glitched on my computer where I was watching this stream. I was like, whoa, that, that was quick. And I, I'm happy with it. I'm fine with it. But we go right to the end. And Monica forces a bad three. Here's your uh, classic basketball cliche, Lee. Um, yep. She breaks it. Cougars lose. Yep. And yeah, that, I mean that was really that was really it from this scene. Like that they're losing. It is, it is just so predictable though. You know that they have to they get that opportunity where they could be the hero, but no. And it's always an awful brick too, you know that they throw up there. But you just sort of know like that's sort of planting the seed, knowing that at some point later in the movie they're going to get a chance at redemption. And will they fail or will they succeed? We tend to know the answer going <laughs> Right, right, right. And yeah, and because I should have pointed out too, with the first game she was playing and then this one is too, there's um there's scouts in attendance, right? There's oh, that's college, right, yes. College coaches, college yeah. scouts watching her, so you really, you don't want to blow it. Um And she's also forced to foul out, right? Like she's yeah, got yeah. she fouls out. Of that's the game. right, yeah, yeah. Right. She yeah, she takes that takes that foul at the end, yeah. After and then that's when she breaks down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, I did so, like the point of view nature of the basketball scenes living yeah. inside Monica's head as she's trying to make all these plays down the down the stretch only to see her fall short. I thought it was a bit odd that clearly she's the star of her team. She's not getting recruited until the very last game of her <laughs> high school career and then goes on to play, obviously, a multi-year professional career. They just found out about her in the very last game of the season. Yeah, she was a sleeper. She was definitely a sleeper in that high school scene. You're right. Um then we go to the high school really dance scene. I mean, there's some build up to it. I actually have a question within there. How old is Monica's big sister? Mm. How much older was she? Well, she she got her a, a date with a college guy, wasn't she? So <laughs> right. I'm guessing yeah. that's yeah. I'm guessing that's closer to her age. So I, I would say uh, four years, three yeah. years, four okay. years, three yeah. or four years. Yeah. Okay, I just want to check. So we get to the high school dance scene. I don't know about you guys. This it took me until this scene to realize that Shawnee was Gabrielle Union. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I I, I, oh wow. I just didn't notice it in the other scenes she was in. I was like, oh. only at the dance did I was like, hey, that's Gabrielle Union. I thought well, she was a major scene stealer. I loved her lines yeah. at the game, watching uh, Q play. Ooh, yeah. Look at that booty. Just yeah. want to lick the sweat off it. Yeah. <laughs> then at the oh, dance, gets out of the zing in. Oh, I didn't know Nike made dresses. I thought Gabrielle mm -hmm. Union killed it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I like didn't know she was in it, but then as soon as she was there, I thought, oh, cool, she's in it. And I was expecting her to have a big role, but she really wasn't that big back then. I mean, I, I wonder, I don't think she'd even been in Friends at that point, um, but she didn't really have a big role after that, I thought. 
We uh, see a few uh, Gordon Gartrells in attendance at this high school dance. <laughs> um, some beautiful fashion. A lot of nice silk flowing shirts. Get some... Uh, know some sexy slow dancing this is a, a classic movie high school scene but i will say uh, jd tass like thought the music was pretty good in this movie yeah a hundred percent as somebody who went to high school dances in the 80s spot on like they nailed it they nailed it did they yeah tass what did you think about the music the soundtrack overall in this one i was feeling it 100 percent. i can't wait till we talk about the sex scene my god can't wait till we talk about <laughs> oh, the maxwell, perfect yeah. sex oh, kate bush song. song yeah that's right a cover yeah maxwell doing a kate bush cover um so after all of this stuff happening at the high school dance monica you know gets back to her place she sees the usc letter she's probably um she's not thinking she's going there she blew the game but her and q together again between the window panes um she gets accepted and then Q's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going too." Um, oh, can we can we just note can we just note here? Yeah, she's sleeping with a, some sort of stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that not weird? She's going to college. Yeah, she's I think she's some 18 people... years old with a, a bear tossing around on her bed. Yeah, I think there are some people that do that. Yeah, that's, um, still, that's still a thing. At 18, like she's hugging the thing. She has to. She has to let it go. She has to. <laughs> unravel her fingers from it that's weird that's just weird Tass there's a there's a girl on Vanderpump Rules who still drinks from a bottle (laughs) (laughs) now that's weird (laughs) that makes the the stuffed animal look normal in in my mind Um, but yeah they so again between the window panes they kiss they make out on the grass Um, yeah she she invites him into her bedroom and that is where we cue up the Maxwell slash Kate Bush and we get it on (laughs) and yeah, <laughs> that's a great song. Though. Sex um, time in this and lots of foreplay. Yeah, they don't just get to it. A nice drawn out sex scene where there's there's a little bit of teasing, and we don't just get to penetration. So, and 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 also safe sex as well. Yeah, nice. I was gonna say, reaches over, grabs the grabs the condom. Respect for practicing safe sex here in the, in this scene. So yeah, they're they're officially they're a thing. This is at, at the point of the movie where they have uh, they've locked up here. A little Maxwell is all it took, and uh, they're both going to USC, and that's where we jump. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's quarter. a little bit of Maxwell, but it's also a little bit of getting that acceptance letter. I mean, I'm sure it was yep. the same with you guys when you finally found out you were getting into the college you wanted to. <laughs> Massive boner, just like a huge 100%. boner. Couldn't couldn't resist it. Your heart's pumping so fast. You're just so excited. Yeah, absolutely. That's this was like basically watching my life back. <laughs> uh, this movie. Um, I'm also so screaming qu- at this at the screen. Quincy, don't do it. You don't want to go to university with your high school girlfriend. Come on, Ooh, man. Yeah, oh yeah, he does yeah. make that mistake. He the, does. The amount of people that you look down upon, JD, while we were in college, who were still <laughs> with their high school sweethearts. Oh, you still haven't gotten over that, Tess. No. <laughs> <laughs> gotten over no it doesn't bother me but i just remember the the number i mean you could you needed two hands to count them on all the couples you looked down on i didn't look down on them (laughs) they're just idiots hey friend you're making a mistake right right uh well the third quarter um it doesn't jump forward that much because we're just going to college here so it's like what basically the next year i think it said 88 89 Mm -hmm. right um 
which was a little weird. They mm-hmm. included both years. They're like, let's just put the, uh, you know, the season year for this one. <laughs> um, but we start with Monica at USC, and the coach is just riding her. I mean, the coach is doubting her speed out there on the track. Coach is doubting whether she can take a charge. Coach is doubting her defensive slide and whether she's getting <laughs> low enough. I mean, this was, uh, th- this was that was a rough practice. And then not long after, we get another practice scene. And Monica picks it up a little bit. She has a great steel Lee, strong hands yep, like you. Yep, yep. Pops that ball out. Yep. Goes the other way on a fast break. <laughs> nobody. Nobody in front of her. It's yeah. a it's a one-on-none. And she's got the nerve to pull up for a three yeah. and splashes it. So yeah. pretty damn cocky. She is the real Steph Curry. But then she poses to admire her shot. And uh, Sidra scores an easy layup on the other end. And Coach goes crazy. Yeah, you knew there was going to be some blowback. I just thought she was going to get her... Uh, I thought she was going to get in trouble just for pulling up for the three, you know. Yeah. Saying, I thought she was going to say, come on, you've got to get shoot a layup. And I thought she was going to get benched. But it was because she was celebrating and admiring her shot and conceding immediately to her direct opponent that coach was like, right, hold your hand up for the rest of practice. Not a bad way of punishing her, actually, because yeah. she'll never forget, I thought. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good little a good little twist there. I, I, I wasn't expecting that to be the outcome, even though I knew there was going to be some payment and some punishment for her, you know, showboating out there on the court during practice, especially for a freshman or a freshman. See, I'm watching that scene, and all I'm thinking is that, Monica, you're still up plus one. Three is more than two. I don't see a problem with posing if you're able to rip the starting point guard and then pull up with nine people behind you and it's all net. This coach needs to get with the times. I know it's 1988, but we got players shooting threes all the time. Like uh, Q is shooting threes all of the time during the 1988-89 season and players didn't shoot threes back then. Uh, So I suppose that's why Monica had to stand on the side of practice. But I just thought it was a little dated approach by the coach there. Nonetheless, she was dropping gems. Point guards lead from the front, not the back. Offense sells tickets. Defense wins games. I mean, that coach, she's a hard ass. I'm sure if we ever saw a Monica Wright MVP acceptance speech, she would give some props to that coach. That coach looked so familiar to me. Oh, my God. Is is it maybe supposed to be Nancy Lieberman? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just because I, I, I was like that looks like someone who we've seen at some point. Um, you know, coaching women's basketball. She she just really had a familiar look to her. But well, did we look not. it up? Is she a real basketball coach? I don't think so. I, I don't no, think she's so. an actress. No. She is not. Her name is Christine Dunford. Okay. Was she in <laughs> anything? Straight Maybe we would actor. know. Like she did look familiar. I, I, I'm with you on that, Lee. Yeah, she's been she's done some stuff. Okay, uh, you a Law and Order fan? Um, who oh. is it? She's been around. She's in a lot of. She's been in a lot of things. She was okay, opposite. Okay, so that's why she's one of the classic. Peter like, Fonda in Yuli's Gold, if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> you didn't are. see that one. Okay, well, we look Dawn, up her. She's in Dawn of War. No, I think that was one thing though that this movie had over Coach Carter was the the interactions between her between the coach and Monica like that that punishment for showboating like I thought that was just it made more sense it was more yeah appropriate yep I, I would agree with that I'd say overall the you know the 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 practice scenes and stuff like that and some of the basketball was like fun like it was fine it was just like yeah okay maybe there was a travel here or there but it, overall it was nothing that crazy in my opinion but after the practice, we get the iconic, really, um, strip basketball scene where they're they're in the dorm room. 
they're gonna play one on one, and if you get scored on, you gotta take off a you know uh, piece yeah. of your clothing. Um, I didn't realize that. Okay, I knew I'd heard, of course, the quote "All's fair in love and basketball, baby." I'd heard that a million times. I knew it was, of course, from this movie. I didn't realize this happened immediately after Monica honks his dick. <laughs> I had no idea about that part. Which makes the quote even better. Because um, that's exactly what happens here. She just straight up honks it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for me, I've always had a problem when an NBA player hits another player in the Hibberts, but I guess it's because I've never seen this movie uh, before last night. All's fair in love and basketball, so go below the belt. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, then, I, and then she brings it back later on, obviously, and re- re- or he brings it back yeah. later on and returns yeah. that line a little bit later. But even in this scene, I was, I was surprised even more so by the last bucket that Monica scores. She mm-hmm. just goes by Quincy, and she asks him, where's the D? And he drops his shorts and says, it's right here. I didn't know that this that D was a euphemism for dick in 1989. I thought that was like yeah, a... Yeah, two, I, I wasn't saying that in high school. I was, never, I was not saying it in high school. And, right, right, right. You know, agree, that, agree. I, I think that was out of place. I think that was like 15 years later, 20 years mm, later. Right, because a movie made in 2000. Yeah, that's yeah. being said then. But I hear you. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. Otherwise, they, like uh, all my little fact checking, would you know, did check out. Like they they were playing double dribble at one point on the NES system, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on, 2000. What are you playing double dribble for? I'm like, ah, wait, yeah, we're back in the late 80s. Yeah, it's the third that quarter. Just come out. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's a good point, Tass. Uh, didn't maybe it was. Maybe we just didn't know about it. it took a while to get to uh, to I us guess. up here in Canada or up in yeah. Canada. Um, okay, we get the basketball montage. JD, we get the Robin Roberts, Dick Vitale hyping up USC, mixed with like Q killing it as a freshman, but Monica sort of riding the pine and working on her game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like this sort of back and forth, this sort of hype montage. What what did you think of that scene? Uh, I was fine with it. Uh, I was a little distracted because the the lines they put to make it look like it was on TV was actually sort of hurting my eyes a little. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It, so it's just like, oh, okay. And I found it weird that I mean, I don't know if this is weird because I don't know anything about it, but the uh who's the female reporter? She's a real reporter, right? Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts, yeah. Uh she was talking about women's ba- basketball and men's basketball in the same segment. That seemed a little weird to me. Is that right. a thing? I mean, I don't know. But just the idea that she's saying yeah, USC is going to be good. It wasn't both. that out of place, yeah. especially yeah. in today's NBA. Maybe, or today's basketball world. Maybe back then it would have been more out of place, but right. it didn't seem that out of place to anyway, me. Anyway, as, as a tool for exposition, I thought it was fine. It was good. Yeah, the only thing I hated about the montage, and, and like I've already said, I really like the music overall, I hated the song choice for that scene. It was so weird. Um, the, the music selection for this, again, hype-up basketball montage. It's something called Our Destiny by Hinda Hicks. Mm. <laughs> and that I don't song... remember it at all. If you guys can sort of remember it in your head, to me sounded so much like Unpretty by TLC. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was like, yeah. I was like, is this TLC? And then yeah. it's... No, it's this Hinda Hicks. I don't even know who the hell that is. But yeah. man, did it sound similar. And I don't know who ripped it off from who. I didn't mm. go that deep into, into checking it, mm. but... 
<laughs> a weird, just a weird song for a like a totally fine basketball montage to yeah. show that Q's killing it as a freshman and she's sort of not playing and again just working on her game. After I that, have to, I have to giggle when you say Dick Vitale though, because a, a little later when when they're in their fight that we'll get to, but she says, you know, I, I just I love basketball. I'm so focused on basketball. And he goes, well, why don't you go marry Dick Vitale then? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would have loved to have seen her honk Dick Vitale <laughs> right on the nose. Um, yeah, so we get then the emotional um, pool scene, I guess I'll call it, where we learn that Q's mom has, a, and again, I've skipped over a little bit, but we get that Q's mom has hired a private investigator to see if her husband was cheating on her. And, uh, you know, we, we, we see that he was. Uh, yeah. you know, he was a pro ball player. I mean, he had all these groupies and... He couldn't help himself, so we get this, and that's when then Q and Monica are talking on the bleachers, and this is a strange scene to me. But you know, he Q's upset, mm-hmm. and he's talking to his girlfriend, and she's like, "I gotta get." She's looking at the clock, um, going like, "I gotta get back to the dorm room because we have an eleven o'clock curfew, and she's gonna find out like you know she's gonna be playing and stuff like that, uh, and, and can't blow it." And he's you know he's disappointed i guess in her i know he's upset about his his dad and learning that he's lied to him and he's you know cheating on his mom but i mean they could have they could have made the, they could have made this work is my point like could have gone back there could have talked on the phone and instead he's just pissed off cuz she's what choosing basketball i guess over him yeah right. he he looked like a bit of a dick in that scene because uh yeah, she could have. I think she invited him to her to her room, didn't she? I think so or, too. Yeah, yeah. She, yes. He just didn't want to run into anybody. Yeah, yeah. that was his excuse. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's nobody out, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's late. It was late. Yeah, that, that was definitely a problem in the movie. The, yeah. the reason that they break up is because of four minutes on a clock. A little bit weak. Yeah, yeah, and then he has a brutal game the next day. It's all in his head, um, you know, just unforced turnover after unforced turnover. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Monica um, draws the game-saving offensive foul. Like she's Kyle Lowry out there, game winning, yeah. game winning charge because well, the yeah, ball went yeah, in. game-saving, game winning, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call uh, it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that's the only time in cinematic history I've ever seen a charge, really, for one, and turn it into a game winner. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was just a fantastic move because you do expect, you know, the, it to be automatically the game-winning shot. But instead, she hustled back and played D because she threw the ball away too. So mm-hmm. she yeah. she made up for it. Uh, I I just I just love that scene. I thought great. Finally, something a little bit different in a basketball movie. I don't know about you guys, but I borgered this one. I went back frame by frame. <laughs> Ooh. It looked like those feet were set. That looked yep. like a charge okay. to me. Good call. Okay. Totally agree. Well, totally agree. Shooter, been, uh... Shooter had not started the upward motion. <laughs> oh, and wow. she could have quit. She could have quit, as Coach said later on. But that charging drill that they had back in high school, it paid off. I always love seeing that, that block charge drill uh, being done where you just have to take a charge. <laughs> Because yeah. I did that in high school, oh, yeah. and everybody did, and it was just pointless. It seems so stupid. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> I hated taking a body every single time, but I guess it worked out. It paid <laughs> it's off. It's paid off. It paid off. Monica was the hero in that game. Again, Q having a brutal game. So then we go to the house party scene. Uh, maybe my favorite, well, I, I do, uh, you know, I love the iconic All's Fair and Love Basketball, but I love this quote that goes back and forth. Um, somebody says to Q, with Monica standing right there, 
you hear about your girl? She won the starting spot. And he goes, hey, where's the keg at? <laughs> the guy just wants to get drunk. And he's handsy. I mean, this is where Q just looks like a huge ass. Yeah. I mean, first yeah. off, lame excuse breaking up with Monica to begin with, and now he's really leaning into being a dick. Yeah, yeah no, and they no could have done a better job of him you. showing that he was drinking some alcohol. I mean, yeah, he said where the keg at, and he had a sip through a, in a solo cup, but he didn't seem too drunk to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I wonder how much alcohol use they're allowed to show for him as a college athlete, just a freshman. Clearly yeah. less than 21 years old. Maybe they're trying to play it cool. But, I mean, he shows up. You can tell he's uh, he's had a few pops. Uh, he's got something he's swigging on, but he still wants to find that keg. I don't know. He <laughs> says he's going through a lot, man, and his girlfriend wasn't there to sit specifically on the football bleachers and break this down <laughs> with him. Must have been a crushing couple of nights for Humacall. I yeah. can stay for a couple more minutes, but then I got to go. <laughs> Sorry, I only talk about emotions at the football stadium <laughs> after 11 <laughs> yeah. where no one can see me will not run into anybody um uh, then we get q confronting his dad um and you know telling him he's going pro uh, and then not long after i mean he continues to be a, a jerk to monica q hooks up with carrie like right in front of her <laughs> right there like at this point they're technically still a couple right well, they are. She absolutely thinks they are. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And why wouldn't she think that? Yeah. They've been because yeah, he because he didn't turn up to her game either. That's why she went round there. Um, yeah. And he said he was had business to take care of or something like that. And then and then the girl just pops in there like I was like, oh, cute man, come on. Yeah. He had taken her to Burger King, too? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what he said later. Yeah. <laughs> I did love that two bros sitting on the couch, just yeah. kind of watching the whole scene transpire, like, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he yeah. said, he goes, I took that hoe to Burger King. I was like, Q, you just look like such a dick right now. I mean, <laughs> you've got a, a girl, a loyal girlfriend, you're cheating on her, then you're calling this other one a hoe, and you're taking her to Burger King, like... Are you just trying to win the most points possible for being the biggest dick in the world right now? Yeah. Because... He has a bad run. He has a oh, bad 15-20 minute run in this yeah. movie for sure. 88-89. Not, uh, not a good season for, for Quincy. <laughs> a good year. Getting um, back to those bros, there are no friends in this movie, right? <laughs> like they're not, Neither of them have any other than the, the caricatures sitting on the couch. Mm. And other than, I guess, her sister, but she's a family member. Mm-hmm. But other than yeah. family members, there's literally no friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's true. It's either, if, if there's another additional character, it's it's a love interest, basically. Right. Just just yeah. Spalding is Monica's friend. She doesn't have any other friends. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, like, even even now we're we're into the fourth quarter here. We're into 1993. Suddenly we're in Barcelona. I did not see that coming in this movie. I will be completely honest. That was nice. Um, we went international, baby. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, this is cool. I wasn't didn't see this coming. Um, yeah, Monica's there. She's got endorsement deals. She's signing autographs. Um, they're in the championship game. But this goes to your point, I think, JD, a little bit. Like, she's in Barcelona. She's in Spain. And someone she played against in high school is also playing there and right. like they've just saw each other for the first time in the in the hallway leading up to the mm-hmm. championship game <laughs> well yeah. she's playing they she's playing in italy right yeah she's playing she's playing well, for parma an italian team right. oh okay 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 but it is very weird that she wouldn't realize that her ex-teammate is on the other team in the championship game i mean i thought that was weird 
Yeah. It's like yeah, they had just great. seen each other. Well, yeah, they had well, just seen each other was, the first time. There was no internet, I guess, back then, so they couldn't really scout each other. Maybe uh, maybe that was it. They just left the scouting up to the team coaches and, and the you know, lost in translation. No one ever said, hey, this girl Sidra plays for the opponent. You know, maybe it was <laughs> yeah. something like that. Okay, yes. okay. Well, I guess her being alone and not having friends. I just assumed they both would have been part of the alumni association, but I guess not. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. People stay in touch after college, man. That if they're uh, you know sort of in the same groups, you're right. For not fraternities or sororities, but just teams and stuff like that. No, that was just shocking. And you thought it was crazy when we went from a tip ball right to the to fourth quarter, one minute to go. Well, in this one, <laughs> in the IWBA championship game. We go from the jump ball cut right to post-game dinner. <laughs> With incredible. the trophy sitting on the yeah, table. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, we just jump right there. I actually uh, thought that was kind of ingenious just to, for nothing else than saving production money because all we get is that overhead shot of them shaking hands, the ball is tipped, and then we're done. Boom. We're done with the championship game. That could have been a massively expensive set piece in a European yeah. uh, arena. And I thought it was great. And even as corny as it was to see the stupid trophy sitting on the table, there was <laughs> you were sitting there wondering for a beat or two, well, who won? Like, who, yeah. who, yeah. who does the trophy belong to? And then it's revealed, obviously. But uh, yeah, I thought that, that was pretty, that was a pretty yeah. nice, it was a good choice. Okay. Okay, well, while that's sort of going on in 93, Q is playing for the Lakers. So he's doing okay. He's coming off the bench behind rookie Nick Van Exel. Um, <laughs> I looked it up. The Lakers went 33-49, and 49, I believe, in the season that uh, Q is on the Lakers. They had three different coaches that year. Magic Johnson coached 16 games that yearly. Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that, that? They, the uh, five and eleven disaster, uh, yeah. Coach Magic. Yeah, but he won his first like two or three. I thought, didn't he? I think. I thought. I thought like when Magic came back, you know, they had a, an inspiration. Or maybe that was when he played. It was when he maybe when he came he, back yeah, and played in '96. Yeah, two. but yeah, it doesn't matter. He went five and eleven. He didn't last yeah. very long as a coach. But uh, so I guess Q had a lot of turnover with his coaches here in LA, and then he tears his ACL after hanging on the rim. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Allen. Straight Tony landing. Allen. Yep. Um, Dad comes and sees him in the hospital. Um, there, there's still obviously some conflict between the two. Monica shows up next with flowers. Hold on, though. Uh, this I thought was a butt. little bit insane. Coming from Q's dad, an NBA player, I get him trying to talk him out of turning pro as a freshman in 1989, which is something that did not happen. There were like four underclassmen drafted in the entire 1989 draft. But then he's had what we assume is at least a four-year NBA career at this point. He blew out his mm. ACL, and yeah. his dad is still trying to talk him out of playing basketball. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, uh, I mean, probably they're set for life, considering his dad was a professional athlete, and he's been playing in the league for four years. But I don't think you need to like be trying to impart your wisdom to your son, who is now a grown man, who is a successful professional athlete. He's one of the 450 best in the league, and you're trying to get him to quit when he's rehabbing from an injury? What kind of dad are you? <laughs> I guess dad was trying to impart, you know, you know, obviously get get educated over and over and over again because his post-playing career wasn't all that glamorous. He was trying to trying to get a scouting job that wasn't going to pay him all that well. He wasn't True. set for life, I guess. I guess. That's a good point. That's a good point. He was trying to work his way up to be a VP of something for uh for an NBA team, a decision maker. Yeah, in fact, he was worried about it right all the way back in the first quarter. When he's saying, "I've only got a couple of years left, and I gotta, I gotta, 
I got to find something to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know that he made a lot of money because it didn't seem like he was a superstar on the team. Like he, I, he made, he made money, but he also lived in the same neighborhood as uh, Monica's family, and Monica's dad was a, a banker, yeah. also decent income, but. It it seemed to me that they weren't super mega rich. They're not no. the the LeBron James of uh, 2020. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Possibly. You know what? You know, watching this, I, I did like it. But yeah, it's about love. Yeah, it's a little bit about basketball. This movie was a lot about the relationship between kids and their parents. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. I, that's yeah. the 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 thing that I like the best about it. Right between both Monica with her mother. And of course, Q with his father, and and even mm-hmm. his mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's uh that that part, I, I'm with you. I thought that part they got that uh, across in both of them, in both sort of uh, set pieces in this movie. Um. So okay. So yeah. After dad, there that like you said, I'm glad you pointed that out, Trey. Monica shows up next with the flower. She's in there, so they haven't seen each other. They haven't stayed in touch for all these years. And then Tyra Banks shows up. Yeah, his fiance <laughs> strolls in. I guess she's a flight attendant, is what they say, right? Yeah, yeah they say stewardess. A, stewardess. <laughs> they yeah. say stewardess. But she's a bit of a a bit of a fangirl too. I think just a bit of a groupie stewardess. You know the way that she um, she comes in there and she's not at all jealous or uh, even she doesn't even see Monica at the start, and then yeah. she doesn't. Then and then and then she sort of realizes who she is, and she goes, "Oh, she's to- he's told me so much about you." But there's no jealousy or no like, "Oh, I didn't know you were coming." I'm really surprised to just see you pop up in the uh, hospital room here. So it tells me that uh, Tyra was just like she just thought, you know, an athlete, rich, rich guy. This is my ticket, really, and I don't really care about the rest of it. She would almost play the loyal, like as long as I get his access to his money, I don't really care. Yeah other relationships that he has hmm, i didn't oh, yeah, take that it, at all actually i thought that hey, she didn't notice her fine she was a she was busy but <laughs> uh, the more important takeaway for me was that uh quincy never mentioned her other than to say i grew up with her she's the girl next door this if he's talked about her he's only talked to her in the in the sense that this was the girl a friend of mine who lived next door not a lifelong love, love affair you know what i mean but doesn't um, Tyra Banks say he's told me all about you? Yes, but she also says, "Oh, you grew up together." Right. I, so I feel like, like her. She would have been her nose would have been out of joint right away if she was like, "Oh, Monica, you Monica from next door." Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. It, it would have got frosty very quickly, but she yeah. didn't know. I'm I'm convinced she didn't know. But Someone on the other knows. hand, they basically Q and Monica get together spring of their senior year of high school and they're broken up by freshman year of college wouldn't it be easy for q to tell tyra banks oh yeah we grew up next door we lived together our whole life we dated a little bit in college but i haven't talked to her in five years yeah mm. yeah, yeah. And that's she lives fair overseas too and all that someone craps on monica though i'm sorry someone craps on tyra banks to monica it's one is it one of the moms or someone like says something about yeah monica yeah monica's mom says yeah monica's uh, mom basically yeah. says he could do much better yeah, and and right. also basically calls her a stewardess with you know disdain i would yeah. say yeah. well i think it's founded even regardless of her uh, occupation i think when lee was mentioning all those things the other thing that Tyra Banks did was flick that ring. Was flicking that ring. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're engaged. Do you see the rock on my finger? <laughs> well, who she was? Sorry, who? What, what woman doesn't do that? I mean, not to be, you know, if you yeah. get engaged, you're proud of the ring, right? I mean, I've seen that a hundred thousand times. Well, she's standing on the other side of her 
her, her injured husband's body in the hospital. Uh, Monica says, oh, you're engaged? And she throws out the ring. Yes, 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 I am. I don't know. I think it was a, a little bit much. But the uh, this was a powerful cast. I did not see Tyra Banks coming. Yeah, right? I did not see her coming either. We didn't we didn't even mention Regina Hall, who's uh, Monica's yeah. sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now Lathan, um, stacked, just stacked. <laughs> Omar Epps had a good. So <laughs> after that scene, after we're in the hospital, yeah, Tyra is put in here as the fiance as an obstacle um, for sure, and Monica gets a job at her dad's bank while Q is you know he's rehabbing. Q and Monica eventually meet outside their house. Um, I mean, yeah, they're definitely not friends anymore. He didn't even send her a wedding invitation. He's just like, oh, yeah, you can come if you want. I mean, what? That is, <laughs> that's the lowest of lows. You can't do that. You got to actually send the invitation. Um, but we flash forward a little bit more, and the two of them are back to talking by the windows. We get the iconic line from Monica I've loved you since I was 11, and that shit won't go away. Q is pissed. You know, it's sort of like the how dare you. Uh, I got Tyra Banks, man. Like, come on, you can't do this to me. And uh, Monica challenges Q to a game of one-on-one for his heart. Lee, have you ever played for such high stakes? Never, never. <laughs> that was a little, uh, a little over the top. That scene where she basically just says, you know, yeah, all right. If I win, you you're not getting married. <laughs> and, he's, and he's got a knee brace on as well at the time. Yeah. So okay, uh, I'll take you through this one-on-one scene. Yeah. Um, Q falls behind three-one very quickly, very very quickly. Monica's got it going, but then Q gets the block. He scores, so you don't have to clear it. They're playing by those rules, which uh, big yeah. didn't like that. Didn't like that. You don't no like take that? backs? Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, I don't. You got to get back out to the at least the free throw line. I don't mind it. You credit some defense, but yeah, he gets the block. He scores. Then he decides to take off the knee brace. He um, he, he swishes. You know, a couple of quick quick jumpers. This thing's tied at three. Then Monica takes her shirt off, and she starts playing some handsy defense. Q spins, step back jumper, he's up 4-3. Oh, I should have pointed out, they're playing to 5, even though Monica, I think, started... She wanted to play the 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, no, Q's like, no, I got a knee brace on, we're playing to 5. He also so said, I have four... better things to do. Yeah, yeah, it's late. We're going to make, you know, the cops are going to come because we're making noise. Someone, some neighbor's going to say, what's going on out there? Um, so it's 4-3 Q. He drives to win it, but again... Defense defense wins championships and hearts, maybe. Um, she swipes at it, pops it loose, doesn't have to take it out. So she scores 4-4, and then it's slow-mo time. Monica appears to blow by Quincy on the right, but she <laughs> bricks what appears to be an easy layup. Am I wrong? Like, she had that. Oh, yeah, that was an easy layup. Undefended, basically. Did she yeah, miss it? Yeah, but purpose? the pressure of the moment. Yeah, no, the pressure of the moment. You know, you know, she was playing for Q's life. She couldn't finish it off. It just Should got have to pulled her. up for three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't believe she missed it. So Q gets it back. He just straight bodies her up, puts her in the net, and dunks it. <laughs> and uh, he wins. But, 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 as she's walking away, and you think it's over, he drops the hey, double or nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we cut. Basically right to the end of this movie <laughs> where she's playing in the WNBA 
for the Sparks uh, with Wright McCall on the back of her jersey. So they're married, and there's Q with their little um, little baby sitting courtside. You get the go, mommy, and fade to black. So, so th- I mean, is there an extra scene? Did they play again? There is overtime. Cat? You guys didn't stick around for the post credit scene? No. Oh, my Their daughter throwing down a dunk in the driveway? Oh, oh my God. No, I didn't know this. Happy oh, well, that, Easter. That that's that an Easter happens? egg for you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh. Literally, it's just like a kid's thing. She runs up and does a dunk. I guess they just happen to have that footage on hand. They're like, hey, we might as well throw it at the end of the credits. Wow. Setting what the it, stage for a sequel. For a movie that was, you know, two hours long. Um, so on the longer side, even though it, it did sort of fly for me, um, it ended abrupt. Mm. JD, too abrupt or you were fine with how they ended this? was fine with the ending i was ready for it to be over i mean i had some issues with the movie particularly since we were just talking about it this this play for your heart kind of thing i mean that's the climax of the movie right i mean Mm -hmm. uh, as a set piece it doesn't really it doesn't work at all at least the setup of it once they were actually playing for his heart I was into it, but getting there was excruciating for me. And also, when she was saying, I don't love basketball unless you're in my life, kind of did not ring true to me, really, because she met him. She was already a basketball fiend. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, she played her entire life, and then she played for five years without him around you know, I think she was just homesick in in Barcelona. It just didn't seem authentic to me. But then once we were playing, you know, I will admit I got a little verklempt when he said uh, <laughs> when he said uh, double or nothing, and I was hundred yeah. percent rooting for her to win that little one on one. And you know, I, it was a satisfying ending for me. But was was it abrupt? I didn't I didn't find it abrupt. The movie is uh, about their love. It's a it's a it's a it's a lifelong romance movie, not really a basketball movie. Yeah, they almost treat basketball like it's just any job. Like, this game could have been love and coding, and they're going head-to-head with the sickest app of the 2000s, you know? <laughs> and we see little montages of, like, ooh, check out these cool pop-ups I can do. Check out the cool <laughs> pop-ups I can do. It never really mattered who won the basketball games, except for, obviously, the one-on-one for your heart scene. But we don't even see who wins the one-on-one for your heart scene. Show, don't tell, baby. <laughs> do you think Q was still playing for the Lakers? No, I don't think so. I thought I thought the injuries caught up with him, and uh, he was just now happy to support her. And that's... he did say that he wanted to go back to school. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. 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 I mean, he you did catch the, catch that little Lisa Leslie and uh, Michael Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was interesting because Q wore number twenty-one when he played for the Lakers, which of course was uh, Michael Cooper's number. So I wonder if that was a little. Uh, you know, hey Mike, thanks for being in the movie. We'll wear your number. <laughs> how about uh, how about uh, Terry Cummings as the bartender? Oh yeah, <laughs> was that? not was expecting that. Yeah, Q and his dad are at the bar, mm-hmm. and he's out. Q's yeah. having an orange juice. Yeah, that's a uh, Terry Cummings. As a, yeah. As a oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's I, sort of funny. He looked um, familiar. There we I go. just once, I wish just once. That we heard Q's dad say, "Are you in good hands?" Yeah, <laughs> just once. I, I love that that actor. It's got the greatest voice. And oh, Dennis right, Haysburg, he's awesome, to, man. Yeah, it was a little weird to see him in like sort of the, you know, uh, 
well, as the athlete and like the playboy, I guess, like getting the groupies, it was funny to see him as that swap. Yeah, he's always like an authority figure to me. He yeah. was the president on 24, so to me, he's kind of always the president. I would maybe vote for Dennis Haysbert just because he gives such a powerful speech. But also weird, Omar Epps and Dennis Haysbert were in Major League Two together as right. baseball oh, players. Yeah, he was Pedro Serrano, Pedro. and Omar Epps replaced uh, Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes. So I mean, the chemistry undeniable between those two. You got to put them oh. in the same room. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, we're going to get to, um, you know, maybe some more random observations, and we'll grade this movie, but a quick word from the Black Tux. For the first time in a while, I saw people dressing up on social media, getting out of their shorts and getting all spiffy for Easter. I saw you, Trey, in your pastels. That's right, tucking in a shirt into a pair of pants that I wore to bed the night before. (laughs) You gotta do what you gotta do for those photos. That's right. Still, still gotta look good. And while you're at home, might as well get that new suitor tux you've been thinking about. You could do it all from the comfort of those pants you wear every single day. <laughs> the Black Tux believes every man deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or a tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they are not alone in this frustration. Just listen to one-star reviews from competitor tuck shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible. Unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. What a diss. We felt weird (laughs) buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day. So we left. And what's perfect during these times, you don't have to go anywhere to get suited and booted. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. What a rhyme. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your event so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your day to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com, code DUNKS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. So the critics score on Rotten Tomatoes for Love and Basketball, 83%. Pretty good. The audience score, based off of about 185,000 user ratings, 95%. Wow. People are high on this movie. Lee, it sounds like you are not as high as maybe the critics or the audience. What's um, your sort of final thoughts on the movie and ultimately your your grade? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just didn't really think it was all that special or memorable. I mean, there was the love story throughout. But it was kind of a, you know, weak love story, really. It was like they, they sort of stay, kept getting back together. Like Forrest Gump, like I said earlier, with For- uh, Forrest and Jenny. It was kind of annoying that they still stayed together through all that. You'd think they would have moved on at some point. <laughs> um, she could do better and, and Q was a bit of a dick. And uh, in the end, I guess he was humbled. But I just sort of didn't really like it at all, this movie. Um, so 
I'm giving it a I'm giving it a one out of five, but I'm going to bump wow. that up. I'm going to bump that up to two out of five because I did like the fact that a charge was called for a game-winning play. So I give it <laughs> two out of five. Just that's all. I'm not even going to give it some sort of funky little rating system. It's just two points out of five, and that's it. Oh my god! Okay, Lee, not a fan of this. Um, Tass, why don't you go next? Were you more of a fan than Lee? Yeah, that's a good call by you, Skeets. The juxtaposition a guy who hated it to a guy who was cool with it i i uh, popped a genuine draft with my man dennis who ordered a genuine draft at the bar yeah. genuine draft for me and an orange juice for my son uh, because i enjoyed this movie i think uh, you know the relationship it kept me involved kept me compelled without the basketball being all that noteworthy the basketball was totally secondary and the fact I think that there were no friends, there weren't a lot of peripheral characters, was uh, a good good decision by the directors and the writers just to focus on two good actors and Sanal Lathan and Omar Epps. You didn't need anybody else. I think, like Coach Carter, we had all these sort of these bit part actors coming in and coming out, and it was overplayed and it didn't really work out. But in this one, when those peripheral characters came in like uh, Monica's mom and there's that powerful scene where she slaps Monica uh, and and Q's dad to some extent you know those were done well to me so you know it was it was moving enough for me that I uh, I thought the two hours flew by pretty quickly and um, it kept me involved so uh, give me four out of five DX (laughs) four out of five DX <laughs> Four to five honks to the depths. Um All right. <laughs> I really thought you were going to grade it out of like orange juice or or genuine. Yeah, yeah, I could have. Like, but I, I didn't have one ready. Give me a yeah, four okay. to five genuine drafts because I thought I thought the uh, unless anybody else has taken a genuine draft, I had to free. Uh, who who drank a genuine draft? Is it, or is that is that the Miller product? Is that the Miller genuine draft? their original product and it still lives on is MGD and they've just I rebranded think, it. I it think be. so, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Okay. Give me four yeah. out of five. Genuine drafts. <laughs> okay. So t- yeah, Tass likes it. JD, let's go to you. I'm curious. Well, I did like this movie. I liked things about it and there are things I didn't like about it. What I liked, uh, we mentioned, I loved the stuff with the parents. I, th- I yes. was so much more interested in in Monica's relationship with her mother and uh, uh, Quincy's relationship with his father, two parents who uh, mean well, like they're, I would go so far as to say they are good, caring parents on one hand, but uh, Quincy's father is, he, he made all sorts of mistakes and he lied to his son, which you know, is that is that a reason not to talk to your father for five years as you're basically an adult? I don't I don't think so. So I didn't find that particularly believable. Right. But more importantly, Monica's relationship with her mother, who that scene is the best scene in the movie when they're in the kitchen and they're having their confrontation to me. Mm-hmm. The mother is basically saying, hey, I sacrificed everything for you. And I want to, you know, I I made sure that I was there for to provide meals and to provide whatever else that a mother needs to provide. But she was more interested in Monica being pretty and being. Uh, that's when she really, really took an interest in her. She was not interested in the basketball at all. 
but Monica needed her to be interested in the basketball. You know what I mean? So it was just a heartbreaking part of the story for me, uh, just that they just could not connect and they would never connect that way. The earlier on in the second quarter, when she's returning from the dance and her mother finally got to see her, her little girl dressed up in, in, in a dress and makeup and, and all that, rather than go through the front door, she goes and climbs in through her bedroom window just so she doesn't have to deal with her mom, you know, futzing all over her and asking her, how was the dance, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I mean, that was her mother's Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, but she denied her of that. But and maybe perhaps rightly so, because, hey, mom, go to some basketball games, take an interest in what your daughter is actually interested in. So that part of the story I really loved. And uh, and ultimately, it's her that says, hey, go fight for your man, which, you know, is which was a sweet moment as well. Um, What I didn't like about the movie was I I think I'm in the minority here, but I did not think that the two leads had uh I don't I didn't find that they had chemistry really I kind of really? agree I'm I I never felt so much that Q really really liked Monica yeah and that was the big hang-up for me it was like I, I thought clearly she was into him but maybe not so much the other way around uh until you know they're playing basketball there at the very end but he also did rattle off her offensive board stats he's paying attention <laughs> yeah I mean exactly but that's what a true friend would do but you know, a lifelong lover. Uh, I, I wasn't buying it. In fact, I think that they should have. And this, you know, this is 20 years ago, and this is uh, Gina Price Bythewood's first feature film. So I'm just going to sit here and and tell her what she should have done. Uh, she should have cast Gabrielle Union as Monica, simply because I thought that they there's one little dance that they have and they're actually supposed to be looking across each other you know uh, uh, I want to be your man whatever that the, the song is playing <laughs> and uh, but I felt that uh, Quincy and Shawnee had more chemistry in that one shot than than the other two had in the entire oh, movie yeah. and also mm-hmm. Gabrielle Union played basketball she uh, I read the um, the oral history of the making of this movie. And she was like, she didn't have very much acting experience, but she was awesome in the movie. And obviously hindsight is 2020. She's obviously a great actor, but, uh, Sanal, what's her name? Sanal, Sanal Lathan. She had never played basketball in her life. So how much time did they spend teaching her how to play basketball when you had a perfectly good basketball player who was actually a point, a point guard, her entire life, you can, it's much easier to teach Gabrielle Union how to act than it would be to teach Sena how to play basketball, in my opinion. And they spent a lot of energy on that. And I think it ended up on the screen that way. I so think there, there yeah, have to be a, there was a body double, it feels like, for Sena Lathan and, and those basketball scenes. Like, there's something different about her. I don't know if it was just lighting was different, but yeah, I mean, there's something funky in those basketball that's scenes. That's possible. I mean, there was a three-month casting process, and she w- it was basically between her and another basketball player who couldn't act. Mm. Um, you know, so that being said, I don't think the basketball you didn't really have to play that much basketball in this movie. I know, but they spent a lot of time. She was auditioning people on a basketball court, is what I'm saying. Mm. So I think they spent way too much time teaching a person who didn't know how to play basketball how to play basketball. 
Um, but when even she herself said, the, the director said, you know, what am I making, a basketball movie or a love story? I'm making a love story, so I'm going with the one who doesn't, uh, who doesn't play basketball. Fair enough. But you could have had both. You could have had Gabrielle Union. But that's, you know, that's, that's my two cents. Uh, okay. I also found that the character Monica was a little bit of a Mary Sue in that Gina Price-Bythewood putting herself into that character, she's even said that it's semi-autobiographical. She ran track in college while she was going to f- uh, film school. And nothing really, nothing really happens to her. She doesn't really make any mistakes. Uh, everything is, that's put in front of her is because people are just being total assholes to her. And fair enough. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of movies like that, but uh, it just it just made it less believable. Like Quincy blowing his life up like that because his father lied to him was just did not ring true to me. It it was just like, hey. Go! I have a curfew. No, you should have stayed with me, and that's that's why you end the relationship. It's just there's so many moments of like that that I just didn't I didn't believe. Mm. So so what what are you grading it? I'm grading it. Hmm. I'm gonna give it two and a half bobbleheads out of five. Okay, the JD bobblehead. <laughs> I think it's a good movie. Game. I mean, I was into it. All that criticism I, criticism I just said, I still enjoy the movie, and I was into it, and. And when they got together in the end, I was happy. So what, what else do you want from a romance? Okay, okay. So two and a half out of five. Trey, what about you? I really liked it. <clears throat> uh, Love and Basketball was a blind spot in the basketball canon for me, but I probably wouldn't have ever turned it on since it's a 20-year-old movie and, you know, I'm not usually picking out romances, but given the situation, it was the perfect time to watch it, and I'm glad we did because it's nice to see a sports movie that is basically from a woman's point of view. That's pretty unusual. I loved the scenes with their parents. And I mean, I do think uh, some of the things with Q were a little unearned, but he was impulsive from the very beginning. I mean, he pushes a girl down twice in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> you hear, uh, you know, Dennis Haysbert laying pipe through the, through, uh, through the wall. <laughs> the guy's got an interesting view of what yeah. it means to be a man. There's no doubt about it. And he's, dealing with that throughout the entirety of the movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that being said, it's a I would say it's more of a romance than a sports movie for a sports romance movie, but I was here for it. I also love when you get the title of the movie during the movie. And so since they say love and basketball twice, I'm giving this two all's fair in love and basketballs up. Okay, okay. And I will um, be challenging my wife to a game of strip one-on-one tonight. Oh, wow. oh you, uh, your little net's on the patio, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, Hope we get out there before curfew. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys touched on a lot of things um, already. Uh, like I said early, and, and you brought it up again, JD, I really did. Like, I was, I was shocked how much I enjoyed the dynamic and the struggle between the kids and the parents and uh, in, in both of them in Q with his dad and, and then Monica with it, with her mom. I thought that was great. I thought they were very believable. Now, whether or not there was um, yeah, a body double for some of these basketball scenes, like you were saying, Tass, for Monica, I couldn't tell. So if they did, it was well done. And if they didn't, then I thought she was a somewhat believable basketball player. Um, and so, you know, kudos to that. There wasn't a ton, a ton of basketball scenes, especially games in this, especially women games. Like I said, it would go to the jump ball and then you'd be at the end of the game or after it. But I I, I was shocked. I thought this movie was going to suck. I really did. <laughs> I I had never watched it. Obviously, I'd heard about it. And I was just like, this is going to be horrible. 
and I was shocked how much I liked it, pleasantly surprised at the very least. And for how long it was, I thought it, I did think it moved, and I wasn't looking at the clock and going, oh my God, we're only in the second quarter, we're only in 1988, and there's an hour 20 to go. I, I didn't really do that. I was in. I was invested in the characters, and uh, you know that that idea of of childhood love and um, really being friends, but that romantic chemistry. And yeah, I get you guys. I hear it. I think, uh, and maybe it was done on purpose that it wasn't. It didn't appear to be coming back from Q as much to her as much as Monica was really in love with him um, from from early on. So I was in. I'm giving this four out of five window panes because there was so much talk through window panes. I only wish we got that song. I wish we got the Who's that creeping in my window? <laughs> oh, they should have dropped that once in this movie. Uh, and the and the soundtrack helped it too. That bumps it up a little bit. Yeah. So four out of five window panes for me. You know. We didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst movie I don't think we've watched in no. film session. Oh, definitely not. Um... Oh, Airbud's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Airbud was the most fun to talk about, though, I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we got to pick that another sucked. movie here. we got to pick another movie for film session. So if you have suggestions, tweet at us at NoDunksInc, hashtag NoDunks on Twitter or email your suggestions in and why we should watch it. Get your questions and comments in uh, all week long for our beach stepping. We'll, we'll drop that some point this week. No dunks at theathletic.com. Um, yeah, Clipper Bros, take us home. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, all's fair in love and basketball. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.